Today on another Sports by Fry episode, I'm talking AFL Fantasy again. I'm recapping round 20, the first week in four weeks of finals. 2018 season is slowly passing us by. There's only three games left for every team. Still plenty of uh, ladder positioning yet to be determined and still plenty of movement left in the fantasy player rankings. There's a few premiums, in inverted commas, that let us down over the weekend and a few massive scores that saw... Some of the biggest scores I've ever seen from a team perspective. So without further ado, let me dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Sports by Fry channel, everyone. Thank you for tuning in via podcast and YouTube. My name is Fry, and today everything AFL fantasy is going to be discussed. Round 20 in the books, three weeks to go for the finals. Hopefully you're still alive. Um, if you finished between five and eight, you would have been facing an elimination final on the weekend. I've already seen a few screenshots floating through Twitter of some heartbreaking single-digit losses. So hopefully for your sake, you're still uh, still in your league finals or your draft finals, but there's still overall ranking to play for as well. What a week it was. Awesome games of footy. Weirdly and bizarrely, the first like five or six were... All close contests, like single-digit games, and then there was three floggings on Sunday. So, yeah, bizarre round, interesting round, plenty to talk about. So let me show you how the large fries and coke went in round 20. So as you can see, I managed to top 2,200. Uh, for those who are listening to the podcast on YouTube video format, uh, this is when I'm revealing my team. So if you want to check it out, you can do so. But, um, yeah, there are a few dudes who kind of held me back from really having a massive score. Last week I was pretty lucky. I didn't have those amazing big scores, but I only had about five dudes who scored under 90. This week I wasn't so lucky. Um, let's start down back. I had Joel Smith outscore Cade Simpson and Rory Laird on my field. So I know a lot of other people, well, actually the majority of the competition would have those six popular defenders there. So yeah, there's no real other options. If you don't have Laird or Cade Simpson, I wouldn't be trading either one of them in, but... Talk a little bit more about them later, but uh, Whitfield, Yoey, and Brayshaw were all amazing. Lloyd did 90-odd, so I can't really complain with that. Uh, Tom Mitchell was my skipper this week. I decited to just stick with uh, a winning form. He delivered pretty good for me. Can't complain. He didn't go over 150, but that's really me just being picky. Uh, the rest of my midfield was pretty solid. Still side bottom let me down. Uh, Lucky Neal wasn't amazing. Beamer and Chewy were the other blokes to score in the 90s, so yeah, would have liked you know, 10, 15 points more from some of those guys. But again, you know, can't can't go perfect every week. Uh, Maxi Gorn and Steph Martin. <sighs> I don't really know what to do with Steph. I'm really torn as to whether I'm going to trade him to Brody Grundy this week, especially because he's playing Brody Grundy, or if I'm going to do another move. So, yeah, Steph's been shithouse the last, like, month plus. So if you did get off him and get Grundy or maybe even Goldstein, then kudos. Uh, yeah, he's definitely on the chopping block for me this week. As is a couple of forwards. The forward line's really let me down. I don't know. It's let down a few coaches. Dangerfield was awesome. I don't have Dunkley or Westhoff or Devin Smith uh, keeping my forward line afloat. Unfortunately, I'm relying on the likes of Wingard, Rockliffe, Toby McLean, Isaac Heaney, and... Paulie Ahern, and those guys didn't really deliver. So I flagged it. I said Ahern might dish a score like this up. He is a rookie as well. So, yeah, I played with fire a bit and got burnt. But, again, my forward uh, emergency outscored a few dudes on my field in Fergus Green. So it's frustrating. Actually, now that I think about it and look at it, every 
line, I had a rookie emergency outscore a premium playing in the field. So, for fuck's sake, why do I do this to myself? Uh, 22.36, not a terrible score. Moved back about 1,000 spots in rank. Probably not going to crack the top 10,000 now, but I'm still playing for pride, kind of. I would have definitely liked a few more points from some of those premiums, but what can you do? At the end of the day, I had a few dudes who went bananas. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to own all the ones that went big this week. There were some massive scores, but enough about them. Let's touch on some of the breaking news just quickly. Um, the biggest story in football, I'm not going to not talk about it, is clearly Andrew Gaff and his uh, cheap hit on Andrew Brayshaw. Um, probably facing five or six weeks on the sideline is Gaffy, so that puts a line through him for the rest of the fantasy season. Um, don't know why he did it, very out of character for Gaff, bit of a brain fart, but it's a fantasy pod, I'm not going to dive into that too much. Um, every man, woman and dog has their own opinion on the Gaff hit, but whatever. It does hurt uh, Andy Gaff, but he's probably the only dude who's facing real tribunal worries. Uh, there was Brandon Parfit, I think from memory, from the Friday night game, uh, the Cats and Tiggies. He got away with a fine for something against Jaden Short. I probably should have looked this up a bit more, but it was a fine, so it didn't really matter. But yeah, not a lot of tribunal news from round 20. Injury news, there are a few uh, popular names. Andrew Brayshaw, as I mentioned, might be still on a few people's fields, or maybe that last bench spot, maybe even in draft. So apparently he has uh, four displaced teeth and a fractured jaw. So again, that probably ends his season as well. Um, so I'd be ditching him if you do have him. Last week it was Collingwood, this week it's the Giants who've been bitten by the injury bug. Uh, at one point they only had 16 players on the field, the poor bastards. So guys like Toby Green, uh, maybe Dawson Simpson in your draft leagues. He might have been a Hail Mary for some of those people who've been struck by injury in the ruck department. Those two and Brett Delidio, unfortunately, who might miss the rest of the season. Uh, they're the main fantasy relevant guys who are from the Giants battling injury. Not many people would own Jake Stringer, but apparently he hurt himself and went off in the third quarter, was looking a bit uh, worse for wear, so monitor his status if you do have him. And if you own Jolie Smith from the Demons, or Josh Battle from St Kilda, maybe as a cheap cash cow even on your bench still. I've got Joel Smith, and I know a lot of other people still do as well, but those two dudes are out with a broken collarbone and concussion respectively, so probably time to ditch both of them if you do have either one still left. Just quickly touching on the resis, uh, Basha Hooley made his comeback in the VFL for the Tigers. Uh, had 15 touches in half a game. I think from memory had most of them early on, so a bit precautionary, didn't play the second half. Could be a sneaky late season out in draft. I don't think he'll come back this week against Gold Coast. So, And then I think from memory they have Essendon after that. So yeah, maybe not a smart play, but you know, got to risk it to get the biscuit. Could be a sneaky choice. Couple of young dudes, Darcy Cameron had a monster game in the needful, no surprise. Uh, had 28 touches, close to 50 hitouts, and about a dozen marks. So maybe could earn a recall, but didn't do a lot on debut. So it wouldn't surprise me if he just stayed in the twos. Dylan Clark as well from the Bombers. A lot of people have been hoping that he uh, comes into sides. Hasn't done so over the last, well, since the bye really, when he, I can't remember if he played one or two games, but. He'd be a great uh, late season ad if he could come in as a bit of a heartbeat on benches. Had 30 touches in the resis, so could maybe get a call up. And the last bloke is Dom Sheed, who was dropped last week, but shapes up as an immediate replacement for Gaffey, probably after his 34 touches. I don't think they'd let him stay in the waffle for another week. Maybe, though. Dom Sheed's had a bit of a weird season, but those dudes, a few of them, could maybe be draft plug-and-plays um, if you're getting desperate for a bench spot. 
um, and a few of the other cash cows that I mentioned uh, could potentially not be trade-in targets, um, but you know you could do worse if they're named. All right, time to give out some votes for my favourite five this week. Five votes. Uh, this was a tough one because of all the big scores. Uh, the winner of this five votes actually scored the least amount of points out of everyone in the top five this week, but. His big 150 came at a very important time. Brody Grundy is the man I'm speaking of. A lot of people would have chosen him as their captain over Tom Mitchell, um, especially those guys trying to get a car or trying to get a hat and jump inside the top 100. They would have taken a risk. And even though it's only eight points, um, you know, eight points is eight points more than you had at the start of the round. So well done to Calvin for uh, sticking with his guns and keeping Brody Grundy as his skipper. Um, or sorry, choosing Brody Grundy as the number one captain choice because uh, he nailed it. Next up, this man did score the most points in round 20 and that was Seb Ross. Uh, supremely underrated. I love Seb Ross. Never loved him enough to brought him into my team and I don't really know why. He always gets it done week in, week out. So, well done Seb, a nice 160. Uh, he's just a dude who can solidly get you around 105 every week. Nice, consistent, stable player. So kudos, Seb. Plus three goes to Josh Kelly after he beasted on Carlton. To no one's surprise, really. Uh, 153 from memory, huge score. Damn it, I wish I traded him in. Uh, but there's a lot of people who would have been riding those 80s from Josh Kelly, so it's nice to be rewarded for those owners with a nice big score. The last two votes go out to Dane Zorko and Clayton Oliver. Zorko gets the two over Clayton Oliver just because a few more people did have Zork, um, and Clayton Oliver's big game came against Gold Coast, so we expected those type of numbers, but Clayton Oliver, uh, sorry, Dane Zorko against North Melbourne, we didn't really expect a huge game. Everyone would have liked it, but yeah, for both of them to go over 150, they definitely deserve some recognition. Time for the negatives. A bit of a defensive flavour this week. The first negative five goes out to Rory Laird. Um, yeah, so much for the Uber premium. Everyone was... Imagine if you had been one of the ones that traded him out throughout the buys and you haven't had him back in. I don't know if the Dome, what he's averaging post-buy, but it's definitely not as good as what he was doing before the buys. So hopefully for the last three weeks, Laird can find his form. But yeah, I'm not confident. He looks pretty shithouse at the moment. Another bloke who looks pretty bad is his uh, defensive peer in a lot of people's teams, mine included, and that's Cade Simpson. Not good enough, mate. We need you to step up. I traded him in when he was right at his peak value, of course. Story of my season. A lot of other people have been in that boat as well. We need you to lift. We need you to deliver. Especially in the finals, Kate. Come on, mate. Please. Hopefully, this week against Frio is his first big score of three to end the year. Negative three goes out to Isaac Heaney. Um, if you've got nothing better to do this week, you might want to upgrade him to someone who can actually score above 80 points would be nice. Um, hasn't demonstrated a huge ceiling, so you could trade him out and potentially take a gamble, roll the dice. Um, Sammy Managola is someone that I like in the forward line, especially with Geelong's cruisy schedule coming up. So, yeah, Heaney's been a bit of a failure this year. We thought he could be a nice 100 flat, but really he's probably going to end up in the high 80s if he keeps struggling. Negative two, Steph Martin has not been good enough over the last month plus, um, and we need a big ruckman to deliver during the finals. Steph Martin's not delivering, so sorry mate, time to go. Finally, there are a lot of people in contention for this spot. Uh, Tom Rockliffe was lucky to dodge a bullet, but Toby McLean hasn't really been performing again, like similar to a few people I've mentioned, since his buy. Um, I'm worried that Josh Dunkley's taken a few of his midfield minutes and those centre um, bounce attendances, so hopefully, uh, 
they too can balance out. We can have both Dunkley and McLean scoring well to end the season. But yeah, it seems like it's one or the other at the moment. And Dunkley is getting the points over McLean, which kind of sucks. MVP leaders, Tom Mitchell is still head and shoulders above the comp. But Brody Grundy and Josh Kelly are just quietly breathing down his neck. It would take something pretty special for either of them to win the medal over Tom Mitchell. But if Tom dishes up an 80 or a shitty score and gets a negative, that could bring him back down to reality. I don't think it'll happen, but you never know. On the other side of the coin, Robbie Gray he still hasn't done a lot of shit things, but the things that he did do in the middle of the year really let us down. So he's leading the uh, negative vote-getters at negative 12. But Rory Laird and Isaac Heaney are also quickly catching... Uh, the leader in that regard. Noticeable numbers time. Uh, there were some big quarters out there this week. A lot of 50 point quarters and a lot of 80 plus point halves. So the biggest quarter of the week belonged to Marcus Bontempelli. Had 62 points in the third quarter, which included four snags. So well done to Big Bont. I've been uh, pretty harsh on him all year. He hasn't really delivered. Um, he only finished on a ton. So that really highlights how he's been this year, but it was nice to see that he still can score in big bunches. Clayton Oliver also scored 62 uh, in the first quarter alone. More about him in a second, but yeah, he started the game on fire against Gold Coast. A few other notable names to round out the top five include the likes of Zorko, uh, Tommy Mitchell, Cornelio, all of them top 50, and Josh Jenkins, surprisingly, scored over 50 uh, in a quarter as well. So those were the guys who dominated single quarters this week. No one scored more points in a half, though, than Clayton Oliver. Had 103 in the first half alone, so you might be a bit disappointed to see that he finished at 154, but still started the game on fire. Again, guys I've already talked about, Tom Mitchell had 95 in the first half. Seb Ross, uh, Grundy, they both had massive first halves as well, which led to their huge scores. Um, incredibly, also, Zorko managed to score pretty consistently. I think he had 78 and 76 in the first and second half, respectively, uh, from memory. And of course, Buddy Franklin uh, redeemed himself with a big score and had 84 points in one half alone. So well done to those guys who scored in big bunches um, throughout round 20. Talking about break-evens now, uh, Rory Laird, Andrew Gaff, and Brett Deledio all have a break-even of 143. So that's the highest break-even from noteworthy guys who are playing and not injured at the moment. Three of the Ruckman not named Brodie Grundy all have high break-evens as well. So the likes of Goldie, uh, Steph Martin and Max Gorn all have a break-even over 125 this week. So I don't think anyone will be trading the three of them in, but it might be a good time to offload, especially Steph Martin, as I've already talked about, because of their high break-evens. In other lines, Cade Simpson with a 130, Devin Smith with 128 are probably the main offenders. Devin Smith could actually get that 128 though. Cade Simpson I'm a little bit sceptical of, so like I've said before, don't bring him in. From a cheap perspective, Ryan Abbott and Alex Johnson, who both made their debuts, well, technically Johnson didn't make his debut, made his season debut uh, this week, both managed to move up in price quite considerably, and as a result of their big scores, their break-evens are quite low. In fact, they're the lowest of the relevant people at the moment. A few other players you might have heard of, or maybe even still have in your team already, are Jared Leinart, Kane Farrell, and one more I'm forgetting in the forward line, Fergus Green from the Bulldogs. Those three are probably the next tier who've gone up a little bit in price, but all three of them have uh, negative break-evens and should see more growth as well. From a form perspective, duh, no one's surprised. Tom Mitchell's still head and shoulders above everyone else. However, there's a few dudes sniffing around for that second uh, title. Brody Grundy's in the mix. Lockie Whitfield, who for a few weeks has been scoring pretty good, 
He's right around that 130 average over his last three games, as well as Paddy Cripps, who was a little bit below his three-game average this week, but should be huge again against Frio. A few other dudes like Josh Kelly, Elliot Yo, and uh, Josh Dunkley, all three of them have averages over 115 in the last three, and Yo and Kelly, their averages are quite considerably high. So, yeah, if you wanted to load up on one of those three, they're in form right now. And speaking of them, let me dive into some trade talks. So I think this week is the week to get Brody Grundy, even though he is going up against Steph Martin. A lot of people would have done that upgrade last week. Um, and if you didn't, you're probably regretting it, much like myself. It's time to write the ship, get Brody Grundy this week, and set and forget him for the rest of the season. In the midfield, there's plenty of candidates. You could look at someone like Jack McRae, who I brought in last week. I got a pretty cruisy run home, as well as Paddy Cripps. Um, and Clayton Oliver as well, as well as Josh Kelly. There's lots of value to be had in the midfield. However, they're not real value picks, I should say. They're all around 750 or maybe a little bit over. So you're going to pay up a bit for those guys. But if you have a steel side bottom or a Gibbs or a Dusty or someone like that that hasn't really been performing and you want to upgrade to someone who's going to lock you in those points, then those four dudes are probably the best picks. Failing that, I mean, in defence, it's a bit of a bit of a shit show at the moment. Um, Brayshaw, Whitfield, Yo, and the fourth one, Jake Lloyd. Those four are pretty much locks, but Laird and Simpson haven't been great. Alex Witherden could be a bit of a play. Brisbane, from memory, have some solid matchups on the way home, and it'll really depend on if Luke Hodge plays or not, because there's usually a bit of a relation to big scores um, if Hodge misses from Witherden. So monitor that, see if Hodgey misses a few games down the stretch. Up forward, I think Dunkley and Danger are 1A and 1B to trade in. No offence to Devin Smith, but those two dudes look like they're going to end the year on fire. So I'd be bringing one or maybe both if you don't have either of them in. From the rookie front, it's all about maximising money at the moment. So try and get those basement rookies. Now, you could potentially get someone like Alex Johnson or Ryan Abbott who've only played one game and gone up a little bit in value. But even that 20, 30K, if you... Do that, let's say for example, you trade in someone for the next three weeks who's coming off their debut and they've all risen slightly in price. It could cost you 60 or 70 grand by the time you're doing your final trades for the season. And that might be the difference from getting a super amazing premium or having to settle for someone a little bit behind. So you might not be in that position. That's just um, from one perspective. So yeah, I think it's wise to trade in guys who are making their debut, the 170 basement dudes, but if not, you could definitely do worse than trading in guys who are still roughly around the 200k mark. Guys who have to go, um, this list is pretty repetitive, but Steph Martin, Laird, Cade Simpson, probably the main three. Still side bottoms clogging up a lot of uh, midfielders, and obviously after his sweet chin music for Brayshaw, Andrew Gaff has to be traded out. So those are the premium guys that I think are kind of failing and need to be moved on ASAP. On the rookie front, again, like I've said, there's a few maybe bench players who are injured that you could ditch. Um, Colin O'Royden, Ryden, Reardon, I still don't know what his name is. I probably should have learned it by now. Um, Jolly Smith, who will probably go for me this week. Maybe even Brody Meyercheck, if you still have him floating around. And of course, everyone's favourite cash cow, Paula Hearn, could be uh, axed this week as well. So if you have one of those dudes, especially on your field as your last player, it's probably wise to get rid of them. So quickly, wrapping up this bumper episode, uh, massive wrap-up. My trades this week, I'm probably going to get Brody Grundy. 
I've had a bit of a play around and tried to see which other premium midfielders I can get, and Steel Sidebottom's probably the guy on the chopping block in the middle. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. I just I'm not confident that Steph Martin can score well this week. If he could give me one more week, I'd be fine with getting him next week. But I think he has to go. All the signs are there. He's stinking it up. McInerney's still dominating. Well, not dominating, but splitting time in the ruck. So, yeah, sorry, Steph. It's time to go. And I'll probably bring in a basement player um, in my defence and get rid of Smith or Majek, someone like that, to maximise my spondula. So thank you for tuning in. That is the round 20 wrap-up. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Thumbs up if you enjoyed the episode. iTunes, same deal. Give a rating and review so I can keep moving up those rankings. Otherwise, good luck for the rest of the finals. Hopefully your round 20 went a little bit better than mine. Um, fingers crossed that round 21 can be the big one. Until next time, peace.